R-E is. Okay, a lot of you know what I'm talking about. So meals ready to eat is what it stands for. And it's basically just a pouch and it's got a full meal in it, but you get it and you're like, there's really a meal in this thing? And you, you open it up and it, it was fun putting this stuff together. Um, look it up later, Google it later. You'll, you'll see what I mean. Um, but for some reason with the MRE, they handed us um, like, I mean, obviously some cutlery and some, some salt and pepper, but then like a little bottle of Tabasco sauce they thought would be good to give to junior hires. And um, so we had these little bottles of Tabasco sauce and I had no idea what it was. My family didn't eat spicy food growing up. Um, I've grown up a lot since then, and uh, I, I love spicy food now. But no, it just it wasn't a thing in our home for some reason. Um, but so I got this bottle, didn't know what it was. On the way back, my friend, my friend was like, hey, Matt, I'll give you a dollar if you chug that whole thing right now. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll do it, right? And so I'm chugging this bottle of Tabasco sauce, and I did it, and I got my dollar but it literally felt like someone lit a fire in my mouth and it was spreading through my whole body, like my, like my body was on fire. And I've experienced some pain in my life, but I'm not sure I've experienced pain quite like that. It was pretty traumatizing. I haven't had Tabasco sauce since, um, until today. Uh, <laughs> so uh, that leads to this uh, illustration with Tabasco sauce, so I brought some. And this one, maybe it's better because it's Tabasco Sriracha brand. I don't, no, it's not. <laughs> Everyone's like, no, it couldn't be. But let's just fill this thing up. Um, we're in Proverbs 8 and 9 today. This does have a point. So uh, if you want to turn to Proverbs 8 and 9, here's, here's what we're doing, all right? So Proverbs 8 and 9 basically is saying this. Hey, you need to you need to feast on wisdom and you need to fast from folly. And uh, I'll, I'll let you guess which one this represents, folly or wisdom. This represents folly, all right? You can, we don't want to be feasting on Tabasco sauce, okay? Even if you really love Tabasco sauce, you don't, you don't want to eat this whole cup, okay? Maybe, maybe just a little bit. Let's just do it, see if I can get over this thing. Yep, yep, the memories just came back. Um, Wow, okay, I'm, that's why I brought this. Okay, um, you want to feast on some cake, right? You don't want to feast on Tabasco sauce. So we got, look at this thing. What do we got here? Neapolitan marble whipped icing. Clearly, I made this today. Uh, AKA high V. So, but there it is. You want to you fast, or sorry, not fast. You want to you feast on this. Mmm, mmm. That is pretty good. Leave that there. Wow. Yeah, that's what we want to be feasting on. So, to the text, Proverbs 8 and 9. It's called the feast on wisdom and fast from folly. And wisdom in these chapters is described like an amazing dessert, like this cake, okay? And we're going to see all these reasons why it's worth feasting on, why it's worth just down in the whole cake. That's wisdom. But we're also going to see described folly and why we should stay far away from it and fast from it because it's like this. And the thing about folly, we're going to see it crying out just like wisdom to us. Hey, this is great. And it's going to look really great. And so it's going to look a lot like this in our lives. Okay? We're just going to see the, the ready whip on top and be like, oh, maybe it's not that bad, right? Then you get in there and you go, oh, man, I am dumb. 
So that's, that's what we're going to see in this chapter by and large. So let's jump in to Proverbs chapter 8. And here's wisdom's invitation. Proverbs 8 verse 1. Doesn't wisdom call out? Doesn't understanding make her voice heard? At the heights overlooking the road, at the crossroads, she takes her stand. Besides the gates, beside the gates leading into the city, at the main entrance, she cries out, People, I call out to you, my cries to the children of Adam. So here's her initial invitation. And before we get too far, what is wisdom? Josh did a good job a couple weeks ago giving us a great definition of wisdom. And wisdom is applied knowledge. And, and something he said, which really stuck with me, is that knowledge is knowing that a tomato is a fruit, but wisdom is knowing not to put a tomato in a fruit salad. Okay? So that, that's wisdom here. We're not just talking about knowing stuff. We're talking about applying that knowledge to everyday life. So wisdom here is personified, and she is calling out loudly in the prominent places in the city. And she can always be heard. She's, she's going to the best places to be heard in the city. And she's crying out, hey, listen to me. Embrace me. And so sometimes when I'm talking to people and I'm asking, hey, how can I pray for you? People often give me this answer. They, they say, hey, could you, could you pray for wisdom for this situation at work? Could you pray for wisdom with my daughter, wisdom with my son, wisdom with whoever, with my coworker, wisdom for something? And the encouraging news right here is that wisdom is not far off at all. Wisdom is actually calling to us if we would notice it and listen. And so the re- for the rest of Proverbs 8 and some of the beginning of chapter 9, we're just going to see this case of why we should feast on wisdom why we should go after wisdom. And it, it, it makes a thorough case to feast on wisdom because it's, it's so, so important. And I think the author here in Proverbs 8 and 9 does it because the alternative, folly, is so tempting and so attractive. And this is life for us. We've got the devil, we've got our own sinful thoughts, and we have the world around us trying to lure us into foolish, stupid paths. Putting, putting ready whip on top of Tabasco and going, maybe even plopping a cherry on top going, hey, it's not so bad. This is great. Come on, just come on over. That cake, that's ah, whatever. Yeah, come on over here. And as, as crazy as that sounds, even as you see this, like I would never do that. It looks real enticing some days. And so that's why we see here such a strong case of why we should feast on wisdom and fast from folly. So let's keep reading. Verse 5 says, Learn to be shrewd, you who are inexperienced. Develop common sense, you who are foolish. Listen, for I speak of noble things. And what my lips, lips say is right, for my mouth tells the truth. And wickedness is detestable to my lips. All the words from my mouth are righteous. None of them are deceptive or perverse. All of them are clear to the perceptive and right to those who discover knowledge. So verses 5 through 9, saying, fast on wisdom because it's right. Sorry, not fast. Feast on wisdom because it's right. 
It says here, it tells the truth. It's righteous. It's not deceptive or perverse. It's clear. It's the path of God. This is the godly, pure path. Wisdom only speaks what is right and godly. Embrace wisdom. Feast on wisdom. Why else should we feast on wisdom? Next, verse 10. Accept my instruction instead of silver and knowledge rather than pure gold. For wisdom is better than jewels, and nothing desirable can equal it. I, wisdom, share a home with shrewdness and have knowledge and discretion. Why feast on wisdom? Because it's better than anything. Silver, gold, jewels. It says here, nothing desirable can equal it. So I want you to think for a second. What do you desire here on this earth more than anything else? And don't think of something super spiritual either, like Jesus. No, I mean, like, here on this earth, that's great. Yes, desire Jesus more than anything. Don't get me wrong. But what's something on this earth that you, you just really want and really desire? For me, if I could just travel um, as much as I wanted with my wife for free, that would be pretty sweet, okay? That, that, that I think, would top the list for me of of things that are super desirable. So whatever you got in your head, that thing that you desire the most, it's saying here is not better than wisdom. Feast on wisdom because it's better than your wildest dreams. Why else should we feast on wisdom? Verse 13, it fears God. It says, to fear the Lord is to hate evil. I hate arrogant pride, evil conduct, and perverse speech. And here's This is a reoccurring message in Proverbs. We saw it in chapter 1, verse 7. Fear the Lord. And here it says that wisdom hates evil. It hates arrogant pride, evil conduct, perverse speech, which means that wisdom fears the Lord because to fear the Lord is to hate evil. Feast on wisdom because wisdom trembles before God. Wisdom loves what God loves and hates what God hates. More on the fear of the Lord later. We're going to get there in chapter 9, a little more in depth today. But wisdom is worth feasting on because it bows before God because he is the source of all wisdom. Moving on, why else should we feast on wisdom? Verse 14, I possess good advice and sound wisdom. I have understanding and strength. It is by me that kings reign and rulers enact just law. By me, princes lead, and do no, as do nobles and all righteous judges. I love those who love me, and those who search for me find me. With me are riches and honor, lasting wealth and righteousness. My fruit is better than solid gold, and my harvest than pure silver. I walk in the ways of righteousness along the paths of justice, giving wealth as an inheritance to those who love me and filling their treasuries. Why should we feast on wisdom? Because it produces good. It produces good things in our lives. Verses 15 and 16, it's saying there that any law that rulers have ever enacted that is just came from wisdom. Saying that any judgment made by leaders that has been right was from wisdom. And in verse 19, it says that feasting on wisdom produces good things. Doing things in wise ways, the way God designed, produces good things. Now, do not get me wrong. 
This does not necessarily mean monetary riches or earthly riches. But good produce does come from wisdom. At the very least, produce for eternity. Things that will, the rewards in heaven. There will be a harvest there like no other. Feast on wisdom because it produces good. Why else should we feast on wisdom? Let's look at verse 22. The Lord acquired, or a better translation, created me. The Lord created me wisdom at the beginning of his creation, before his works of long ago. I was formed before ancient times, from the beginning, before the earth began. I was born when there were no watery depths and no springs filled with water. Before the mountains were established, prior to the hills, I was given birth. Before he made the land, the fields, or the first soil on earth, I was there when he established the heavens, when he laid out on the horizon, he laid out the horizon on the surface of the ocean, when he placed the skies above, when the fountains of the ocean gushed out, when he set a limit for the sea so that the waters would not violate his command, when he laid out the foundations of the earth. I was a skilled craftsman besides him. I was his delight every day, always rejoicing before him. I was rejoicing in his inhabited world, delighting in the children of Adam. Here, it's saying we should feast on wisdom because of its track record. Feast on wisdom because folly or anything else has nothing on wisdom and its track record. Verses 22 to 26 here says that it was created by God himself before anything else was created. God has always been and always will be. But the first thing that was created was wisdom. Before anything else, God created wisdom. You can't, you can't beat that track record. Nothing, no one has anything on wisdom. Verses 27 to 29, wisdom was there when every single thing was created by God. And then verse 30, it wasn't just present for creation, it was involved in creation. And verse 31, we see wisdom throwing a party and enjoying God's creation with humans, rejoicing in the inhabited world, delighting in the children of Adam. An incredible track record here. Wisdom's track record is unmatched. So feast on wisdom. Next, we see verse 32. Why else should we feast on wisdom? Verse 32, and now, sons, listen to me. Those who keep my ways are happy. Listen to instruction and be wise. Don't ignore it. Anyone who listens to me is happy, watching at my doors every day, waiting by the posts of my doorway. For the one who finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. But the one who misses me harms himself. All who hate me love death. Feast on wisdom because it leads to life. It leads to life. Verse 32, it says, happiness. Doing things God's ways produces the most joy and delight. He designed everything, so you, you would think he would know the best way to enjoy it. Feast on wisdom because it produces life. It produces happiness. It produces, verse 35, favor from the Lord. See, God blesses those who embrace wisdom. Now, let me just say once again that this blessing is not necessarily monetarily. It isn't necessarily with worldly wealth. 
But blessing from God can come through many, many, many forms. Peace and rest in our hearts and minds. He blesses us with. He can give us favor in relationships with others, in our workplace, all sorts of ways that God can bless us. And of course, at the very least, the ultimate blessing of heaven with him forever. Why feast on wisdom? Because it leads to life. And at the very least, eternal life. Why else should we feast on wisdom? Because it's hospitable. Look at this description in in chapter 9 now, verses 1 through 6. Wisdom has built her house. She has carved out her seven pillars. She has prepared her meat. She has mixed her wine. She has also set her table. She has sent out her female servants. She calls out from the highest points of the city, whoever is inexperienced, enter here. To the one who lacks sense, she says, come, eat my bread and drink the wine I have mixed. Leave inexperience behind and you will live. Pursue the way of understanding. Here it's saying, feast on wisdom because she's the best host. As they say, she's the hostess with the mostess. So, so here we see we feast on wisdom because she has an incredible house. She's saying, hey, come on over. We're going to have a feast. And this isn't any ordinary house. It says she's hewn out her seven pillars. Most houses in those days, four pillars. Nope, this is a mansion. Okay, this is going to be the best. Okay, come on over. And seven represents completeness or perfection. So the stage is set. This is an incredible place. Come on over. We're having a feast. I've, I've prepared this incredible meal we see in verse 2. And she personally invites everyone in verses 3 through 5. See, when you feast on wisdom, there's, there's no better meal to be had. There's no better place to be. Why else should we feast on wisdom? Because it leads to more wisdom. Look at 9 verse 7. The one who corrects a mocker will bring abuse on himself. The one who rebukes the wicked will get hurt. Don't rebuke a mocker or he will hate you. Rebuke the wise and he will love you. Instruct the wise and he will be wiser still. Teach the righteous and he will learn more. Feasting on wisdom, particularly when it's hard to hear, rebuke it's talking about here, means that we will be wiser still. Wisdom produces wisdom, produces wisdom. When you feast on wisdom, it starts this journey of growing in wisdom that's unending. And who who doesn't want more and more and more wisdom? So there are all of the many reasons we see of why we should feast on wisdom. Now, I want you to go to 9 verse 13, and here is folly's cry. Here's why we should fast from folly. 9.13, folly is a rowdy woman. She is gullible and knows nothing. Here's why we should fast from folly. She's ignorant. She's ignorant. Folly, in contrast to wisdom, is ignorant. Folly lacks knowledge and lacks understanding. It's stupid. It doesn't know much about anything. Yet, it's rowdy. It's loud. It's bold. Talking about things that they know nothing about. 
fast from folly because she's not just ignorant. She's beyond ignorant. The New Living Translation says here when it says she's gullible and knows nothing, it says she's ignorant and doesn't even know it. See, she, she boldly teaches people things she doesn't really know about and doesn't even realize that she doesn't know what she's talking about. Fast from folly because she's beyond ignorant. Just because something is loud and convincing doesn't mean it's right and good. Let me say that again. Just because something is loud and bold and confident doesn't mean it's right and good. This is so, so, so important for us to remember in today's culture. You see, the loudest voices today are often super convincing and super attractive they don't actually know what they're talking about. They're ignorant, fast from folly, because it doesn't know what it's talking about. It's ignorant. Now verse 14 to 17, why else should we fast from folly? It says, verse 14, she sits by the doorway of her house on a seat at the highest point of the city, calling to those who pass by, who go straight ahead on their paths. Whoever is inexperienced, enter here. To the one who lacks sense, she says, stolen water is sweet and bread eaten secretly is tasty. But he doesn't know that the departed spirits are there and her guests are in the depths of Sheol. Why fast from folly? Because it's deceitful. Folly tricks people into believing, verse 17, that stolen water is sweet. And while sinful, foolish, shady behavior does give some temporary pleasure usually, Verse 18, its overall effect is that it brings destruction and death. Now, deceit is not just telling a lie. Deceit is convincing someone that that lie is true. Folly tries to convince people that sin is amazing. This is, this is the best. Come on in. When the truth is that sin produces devastation and death. Fast from folly, because while she's calling out to you, much like wisdom, she's only tricking you. She's only deceiving you. An example of folly, deceiving other people in our culture today, goes something like this. Here, here's her cry. She goes something like this to many. She goes, hey, you know what? Just stay home today. You got that commitment, just back out on it. Not a big deal. Just, just stay home. Stay alone. Okay, you don't, you don't need to talk to anyone. If you do, just connect with them online or through your phone. It's, it's fine. Just, just stay alone today. And that sort of thinking has produced a society of incredibly lonely people locked in cells that were created by themselves. See, people are being deceived day in and day out into thinking that they're just fine by themselves. You can do it all on your own, and you don't need anyone else. And it's a lie. But they don't even realize it's a lie. They're deceived into thinking this. It's fine. I'll be fine. I don't need anybody. Fast from folly, because she's always deceitful. How do we do this, though? How do we feast on wisdom and fast from folly? Well, the answer is found right in the middle. 9 verse 10. 
We saw this description of why wisdom is so great and why folly is so terrible right in the middle, though. This is the key to living this out. 9 verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Now I could take a whole sermon to unpack this. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You want to start feasting on wisdom? Fear God. Bow before God in awe and wonder. When I think of the fear of the Lord, I think of an ocean. When you go to the ocean, it's amazing. You're just kind of mesmerized by the, by the waves lapping upon the shore, and it's just it's beautiful. You just sit there and listen, right? And it's beautiful. It looks amazing. You can just look out forever, especially when there's a sunset or a sunrise, and it's just breathtaking. But if you really start thinking about it, when you're at the ocean, you, you're just feet away from potentially being eaten alive by a shark. You, you are just feet away from swimming out and getting caught in the undertow and drowning. It is a crazy place. We don't even know I, I was, I was, watch, my son really, Brandon really likes to watch like Discovery Channel type things on the ocean. And we learned the other day that it's probable that there's like a third of the creatures in the ocean that we still have not discovered. <laughs> okay, because we just haven't gotten down to the depths of the ocean to, to learn about them. But this is the ocean. So when you look at it, it's beautiful, but you should be terrified by it as well. And you see, that is what it means to fear the Lord. That is the beginning of wisdom, to look at his creation, to look on this earth and go, wow, God, you are incredible. And if it weren't for the grace of God, I would just be destroyed. But thank you for your mercy and your love and your grace today that I have the blessing of sitting here and enjoying Enjoying you, God, and your creation. This, this is the beginning of wisdom. Fearing God. Being in awe of Him. Bowing our hearts before Him. Fear the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. How else do we feast on wisdom? We get to know God. We learn more and more and more and more about God. And as we learn more about God, we start to understand the world we live in better and better because he's the one who created it. Now, on a practical everyday level, what do we need to feast on? What helps us fear God and know God more and therefore grow in wisdom? I just want to give you to end three suggestions for feasting on godly wisdom in your everyday life. Three suggestions. Certainly more, certainly more that you could do. First, read the Bible first. Read the Bible first. Notice what I'm not saying. I'm not saying read the Bible more necessarily. I'm saying read it first. See, I, as, I, as I interact with other believers, what I find is a lot of us are reading the Bible and we think that, man, if I really want to inject my spiritual life, if I want to grow in wisdom, grow in love for God, I just need to read more pages of the Bible each day. And I would say, yeah, maybe 
But I would actually first go, maybe you just need to be reading it at the right time. So read the Bible first. As the first part of your day, it sets your whole mindset for the day. Before you reach for that phone or listen to anything or reach for the news or anything, why don't we take in God's wisdom first and foremost? When you're stressed, let Psalm 23 be the first thing you run to. When, when you're tempted to sin, let Romans 6, 7, and 8 be what you run to. When you, are, when you need some advice and you're trying to figure out, what do I do? What do I do next, Lord? I really don't know what to do in this area. Are you seeking advice from the Word, particularly from Proverbs? Our, our next section, Proverbs 10 to 31, is just full of incredible wisdom. And that's actually why Proverbs 8 and 9 is saying, hey, listen up, because you're about to hear some incredible wisdom on all sorts of topics. And so, by the way, don't miss the coming weeks. We're going we're gonna to touch some things that are going to be really, really helpful and useful on, on friendship and anger and pride and humility, all, all sorts of topics within that. But is the Bible the first thing you go to? when you have no idea what to do in your life. See, don't, don't go to others first. Go straight to God. Don't go to your own thoughts first. They will only deceive you. Go to God's thoughts first. Perhaps the effectiveness of your Bible reading has less to do with how much you're reading and way more to do with when you're reading it. Read the Bible first. Second suggestion for feasting on godly wisdom in your everyday life is to spend time with wise, godly people. We become who we're around. We listen to people who we are around the most. Make it a priority to spend time with people who really love Jesus. Make it a point to spend time with people who have walked with Jesus longer than you have. Spend time with wise, godly people. And thirdly, listen to wise, godly podcasts. I know many of you listen to all sorts of podcasts, and here's one, some ones that I would recommend. So I listen to this one every week, Dad Tired. I just love the name. The name attracted me, but it's actually really well done. Um, and it's, it's what it says. So it's, it's great, godly advice on how to be a great dad pointing our, our families to Jesus. Um, and they have some great conversations on there, great godly wisdom. This one my wife listens to regularly, and I've listened to a couple episodes and actually gained some wisdom from it myself. So, um, but this is for moms, risen motherhood. Good stuff there. And then for anyone and everyone, Cornerstone Church, and names that planted us, um, they have this Equip podcast, and they're constantly um, addressing different different themes, different topics that are, that are super helpful to grow in wisdom, and I've been super helped by them myself. So this is just a beginning, but I know, I know a lot of us listen to podcasts, and we have a lot of voices coming into our lives, but why don't you prioritize wise, godly podcasts before the other ones so you can grow in wisdom? Feast on wisdom. Fast from folly, and as you grow in wisdom, Humbly remember where it all came from. 
Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 1, 30-31, it's on the screen. It is from Him that you are in Christ Jesus, who became wisdom from God for us, our righteousness, sanctification, and redemption, in order that, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boasts in the Lord. As you grow in wisdom, remember that all wisdom comes from Christ. As you grow in wisdom, it came from Him. So as as you grow in that, don't puff yourself up. Boast in the Lord. Boast in Jesus Christ, the author of all wisdom. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the book of Proverbs. Thank you for the wisdom that you've given us through your word, Lord. And I thank you, Jesus, for coming and dying on the cross and rising from the dead to give us new life and to give us your spirit to be able to discern what is good and God and wisely. So, Lord, thank you for Jesus giving us access to your wisdom, God. Pray that we would lean into that this week, that we would listen to good, godly, wise people and podcasts, and that we would we would be not so quick to just listen to whoever and whatever comes our way. But run to your word. Thank you for the gift of your word, Lord. Thank you that we don't have to wonder what is wise. We have your word right in front of us, the Bible, to give us your words to know what is wise. We don't have to wonder. And so I, I pray for those in here, Lord, that are just trying to figure out, what do I do in this situation in my life? Maybe they're very confused. Maybe they're just trying to figure out the next step in their life. Or, or maybe they're just trying to figure out how to handle this situation with this other person. Or how to, how to go about parenting their son or their daughter. And they're just banging their head against the wall and going, I don't know what to do, Lord. I need wisdom. I pray, God, that you would be faithful to give them that wisdom as they run to your word. And as they run to your people and to godly voices, Lord, bring, bring them the wisdom and encouragement that they need for those specific situations, Lord, that each of us is wrestling with. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.